0: Sermon 12, 2 Do you want to find out what the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is? Matthew's 12th chapter, verses 9 through 37 Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value than is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him. And he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Isaiah, the prophet saying, behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will any one hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and his name Gentiles will trust. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, And he healed him, so that the blind and mute man spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons, except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore I say to you, Every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit It will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the mouth, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. What is the sin of speaking words against the Son of Man? From Matthew twelfth chapter, verse 9, and onward, we see a controversy emerging, triggered by Jesus' healing of the sick on the Sabbath. Prior to this event, We saw how the disciples of Jesus were denounced by the Pharisees for plucking heads of grain and eating them on the Sabbath. But in spite of their criticism, Jesus went ahead and healed many sick people, even on the Sabbath. The Lord healed a man who had a withered hand, and he also healed a demon-possessed, blind and mute man on the very day. As a result of this, he came to be treated as the ruler of demons by the Pharisees. As they accused, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. The Pharisees were indeed foolish men, for they did not recognize the ministries of Jesus Christ as they did not realize that the Son of God would come to this earth as a man and heal the illnesses of both body and soul. This is why the Pharisees denounced Jesus as demonically possessed. However, our Lord said to the Pharisees, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And he continued to say, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age. Or in the age to come. Matthew's 12th chapter, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said that all the sins of everyone in this world can be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. The common theme underlining both verses is that if anyone blasphemes the Holy Spirit or stands against him, He cannot be forgiven in this world, nor can he be forgiven in the next world to come. What then is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? We need to have a clear understanding of what this sin of blasphemy against the Spirit is. And we must make sure that we do not fall into this sin. Jesus, our Savior, is the Son of God. This Jesus came to this earth incarnated in the flesh of man and has saved all sinners perfectly from all their sins and destruction. But we have a choice as to believe in him as our Savior or to reject him. It is possible for some to say, I do not recognize Jesus as the Son of God and it is also possible for them to not believe in him. Some may make an issue out of his birth and denounce him. Moreover, there also are those who, because they do not believe in Jesus, do not hesitate to blaspheme him. These sins are the sins of speaking against the Son of Man with words. But even all such sins can be forgiven if one would turn back from his sinful way of life, come to recognize Jesus as the Son of God, and believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit. What then is the blasphemy and speaking against the Holy Spirit? Let me give you the correct answer first. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is not to believe in but to blaspheme the works of salvation that Jesus has fulfilled for us. That is, refusing to believe that Jesus came to this earth incarnated in the flesh and to save mankind from their sins. He was baptized by John the Baptist and shed his blood. Those who deny or refuse to believe this truth are committing the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and therefore they will never, ever be forgiven. We must then recognize just how terrible the sin of blasphemy against the Spirit is. When our Lord was on this earth, He fulfilled all His works of the gospel of the water and the Spirit Anyone whose heart does not believe in what he has done for us and instead stands against him is committing the terrible sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Therefore, those who refuse to believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit forever fall into the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Our Lord Jesus was born on this earth, incarnated in the flesh of man through the body of a woman called Mary. When he turned 30, he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, the representative of mankind. And through this baptism, he accepted all the sins of mankind once for all. He then went to the cross and was crucified to death, thus fulfilling all righteousness. By doing all these things, he has washed away all the sins of the entire world. When he was about to be baptized, he said to John, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Matthew's third chapter, verse 15. It is because Jesus actually accepted all the sins of the entire mankind when he was baptized by John the Baptist that those who believe can be washed from all their sins. It is because Jesus came as the Savior of sinners that he took upon all the sins of the world by being baptized by John the Baptist. Therefore, this Jesus who was baptized by John the Baptist shouldered the sins of the world, was crucified, and has thereby fulfilled all the righteousness of God once for all. This is the gospel of the water and the spirit that God has given to us. I said that not believing in this true gospel is the very sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The reason for this is because the triune God's salvation of mankind from their sins was achieved through this gospel of the water and the spirit, and therefore not believing in this gospel constitutes the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. As such, Those who do not believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit that we are preaching today, but instead stand against it, are the ones who have committed this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit lies in the sin of not believing in what the triune God has done for us. This sin is related to the kind of faith that does not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, and therefore to the evilest deed. Such a sin is a mortal sin that can be forgiven neither in this world nor in the world to come. In Jesus Christ, God the Father had planned the salvation of mankind from their sins even before the foundation of the world. And he made Jesus carry out this plan. And as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born on this earth, and as he was baptized by John the Baptist to accept all the sins of this world before being crucified, he became the Lamb of God that carried the sins of the world. As this Lamb of God who bore the sins of this world, Jesus Christ has saved us through the gospel of the water and the Spirit. Today, even among those who profess to believe in Jesus as their Savior, we still come across many who commit the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. They are so stubborn and foolish that they dare to reject the gospel of the water and the Spirit even after they hear this true gospel. But if they don't believe in this gospel truth because they do not know it or have not heard it yet, then they still have a chance to be saved. The sins that people commit from their ignorance of the real truth of salvation belong to neither to the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit nor to the sin leading them to death. 1 John 5, verse 16 By believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, all the sinners of this world can receive the remission of all their sins by faith. But those who do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, even as they know it, cannot be forgiven from all their sins for they have committed the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. This is because only the gospel of the water and the Spirit has the power to wash away all their sins. If one does not believe in but rejects what Jesus Christ the Son of God has done for us when he came to this earth, that is, the fact that he bore the sins of the world by being baptized by John and shed his blood on the cross. And if he not only rejects but also prevents others from believing and stands against the true gospel, even after hearing the truth, then he is committing the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit that can be forgiven neither in this world nor in the world to come in short the blasphemy against the holy spirit is the sin of willfully rejecting and denying the true gospel even after receiving the knowledge of the gospel truth of the water and the spirit hebrews 6 chapter verses 4 through 8 10th chapter verses 26 through 29. To be born again of water and the spirit, what truth must we believe in? In John third chapter, Jesus said to Nicodemus, when one is born again of water and the spirit, he can enter the kingdom of God and see the Father also. But unless one is born again, neither can he enter nor see the kingdom of heaven. As it was to deliver sinners from their iniquities that God the Father sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to fulfill his will. God the Father had Jesus be baptized to take all the sins of the world and let him die on the cross while carrying the sins of the world, raised from the dead again and ascend to heaven. After completing the ministries of this gospel of the water and the spirit, our Lord ascended to heaven and therefore God has allowed the Holy Spirit to come into the hearts of those of us who believe in him. Now the Holy Spirit dwells in us and leads us forever. Like this, Our Lord has given the gospel word of the water and the spirit to all sinners, and he has delivered all believers from all their sins. By doing so, he has given the gift of the Holy Spirit, along with the remission of our sins, into the hearts of those of us who believe in the gospel word of the water and the spirit. All these ministries of truth are the ministries of the water and the spirit, and they are the truth of the remission of sin that is condensed into this gospel truth of the water and the spirit. As such, people must realize that unless they believe in the power of the gospel of the water and the spirit, They can neither receive the remission of their sins nor escape from the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. They must avoid this by faith. It is because people do not believe in the gospel word of the water and the Spirit and disobey it that they are forever unable to receive the remission of their sins. This is because the Holy Spirit and Jesus are also God to us as the Father is. It is because while this triune God has come to us through the ministries of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He is still the same, one God for us. Because God planned our salvation to deliver us from our sins and because he fulfilled and completed his works as he had planned to blot out our sins, anyone who rejects these works of salvation, even after hearing about them, is committing the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and he can therefore never ever be freed from his sins." The Gospel of Matthew records what a disciple of Jesus called Matthew saw and heard as he followed him around. For us to see the ministries that Jesus fulfilled, we need to read the four Gospels first. Reading these four Gospels, I am once again reminded of just how utterly amazing the Word of Jesus is. I realize the word of the four Gospels is truly amazing truth. Not only what Jesus did is recorded in there, but it is only when I try to understand them based on the Gospel truth of the water and the Spirit that I can realize what Jesus really meant. Unless one knows and believes in the Gospel truth of the water and the Spirit, he can never grasp the will of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus that only the born again could both enter and see the kingdom of God. This means that unless one is born again by believing in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. To everyone in this world, I will continue to preach this gospel of the water and the Spirit and to explain what kind of sin the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. Our Lord came to this earth and actually bore all the sins of the world by being baptized for our sins. Through his baptism, Jesus accepted all our sins, leaving none behind, and has washed them all away. All at once he carried to the cross all the sins of everyone who believes in him, leaving not even one of the smallest of all sins. He was then vicariously condemned by being crucified once, rose from the dead again, and has thereby become our eternal Savior once for all however those who do not believe in this gospel truth of the water and the spirit even after hearing it end up forever falling into the sin of blaspheming the holy spirit healing the illnesses of the flesh is not god's ultimate purpose Listen closely to what our Lord said that he would declare to liars in Matthew 7th chapter. He said that when many say to him, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? He said he would then declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, what is the greatest work that the Lord did when he came to us humans, and what is the greatest purpose of this work? It is his righteous act that he has blotted out all our sins as white as snow with the gospel word of the water and the spirit to make us God's own children. This is the will of God. And the faith that believes in this is the faith that accords with the will of God. God's will is to wash away the sins of mankind and to blot them out with the gospel of the water and the spirit, not just to heal the illnesses of the flesh. What is, after all, such a big deal about healing one's physical sickness? A while ago, someone from abroad came to Korea to test the authenticity of the faith of those who claim to be able to cast out demons in the name of Jesus and to perform signs and miracles. Putting up a million dollars as the prize, he promised to give away this money to anyone who could truly demonstrate his supernatural power. He made this promise publicly on a TV program. He had done this in the United States and Britain also. And now he had come to Korea to do the same thing. When this man came to Korea and challenged all those who claimed to hold supernatural powers to approve their claims, he was effectively saying to them, come out. Let's settle this issue once for all on a public arena. If you can really heal the sick and open the eyes of the blind by laying your hands on them, I will give you a million dollars in no time. But the people who used to claim to perform so many miracles fell completely silent. In the end, no one rose up the challenge. Do you know the power of the gospel of the water and the spirit? Do you believe in it? The only true gospel that our Lord spoke of is the gospel of the water and the spirit. However, so many Christians today profess that they can go to heaven as long as they believe in Jesus as their Savior, even if they do not know the gospel truth of the water and the Spirit. Such faith is of the self made gospel forged with the thoughts of mankind. What the Bible talks about is the power of the gospel of the water and the Spirit. And therefore, if anyone says that he has received the remission of sin into his heart, even as he does not know this gospel of the water and the Spirit, then he is only lying before God. The evidence for this is the fact that his sins remain intact in his heart. Such people, no matter how they claim to be able to heal the illnesses of the flesh with the power of God, are all false prophets. Of course, they can do these as they want. And people may think that their works are the works of the Holy Spirit. However, God himself will never approve their faith, but call them as hypocrites because their sins are still in their hearts. What they do is not the work of the Holy Spirit, but the work of Satan. According to today's scripture passage, What is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and what is standing against Him, both of which are discussed in this passage? If anyone blasphemes the Holy Spirit and stands against Him, he can never be forgiven. This unforgivable sin is as the following. God Himself, our Lord, came to this earth And by being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, he accepted all our sins, all the countless sins that we commit throughout our lifetime, as many as the stars in the sky, as widespread as the morning mists, and as thick as the dark clouds. He then was crucified to shed his blood to death, rose from the dead again, and has thereby saved us all. The sin of not believing in this truth is the very blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. By thus being baptized by John the Baptist and thereby taking upon the sins of the world, by being crucified and shedding his blood to death, and by rising from the dead again, Jesus has perfected us to become God's own people by believing in this. It is those who believe in the baptism, death, and the resurrection of Jesus whom God calls as his own children. And as the proof of the fact that God has saved all those who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, he has given them the gift of the Holy Spirit. But before giving the remission of sin, our Lord never gives this gift of the Holy Spirit into anyone's heart. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth and fulfilled the ministries of the gospel of the water and the Spirit, if we do not believe in what he has done for us, but instead disobey him by blaspheming his works or standing against him, then we will forever be unable to receive the remission of our sins. This is why our Lord said, Why do you not believe when I came to this earth to give you the way of righteousness? When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he bore all the sins of the world. And by being crucified and shedding his blood on the cross, He fulfilled all the righteousness of God. It is written in Matthew's third chapter, verse 15 Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Here, the word for thus is augul in Greek, which means just in this way most fitting, or there is no other way besides this. And the words, all righteousness in Greek, which means the fairest, is the state that has no defect at all. These words mean that Jesus took all the sins of mankind onto himself irreversibly and most properly through the baptism he received from John the Baptist, and that Jesus has given us the perfect righteousness through his baptism. He is saying, If, in spite of this, you do not believe in but reject this gospel truth of the water and the Spirit, that I have blotted out all your sins, saved you from your sins, and made you God's children, then you will forever be unable to receive the remission of your sins. So never ever commit this sin of not believing in this truth or standing against it. The Relationship Between the Law and Our sin. We need to consider here the reason why God gave the law to us humans. Why did God give the law to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, and why did he give the word of the law to today's Christians? He gave us the law to play a mirror-like role so that you and I would come to recognize that our sinful nature and know the sins that are found in our hearts. Our Lord commanded to all of us not to kill. And this means that we have murderous hearts. In Mark 7th chapter, Jesus said that out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness, and the human beings are with correction, and that human beings are born with these sins from their very birth. David, after being rebuked by a prophet for sleeping with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, confessed in Psalm 51 in the following way, Against you, you only have I sinned, And done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Psalm 51, verses 4 and 5. This passage means, I was conceived in sin and born in iniquity. But Lord, though I am such a man who cannot avoid but sin throughout my entire lifetime, if you say that you have blotted out all my sins, then I am sinless. And if you say that I have sin, then all my sins remain intact. In Romans third chapter, verse 20, the Lord said, By the law is the knowledge of sin. The reason why God gave us the law is so that we would come to know our sins. The people of Israel escaped from Egypt led by Moses. As they followed Moses for a month to the land of Canaan, they came upon the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and as they disobeyed the will of God, they suffered much in this desert. When they arrived at the wilderness of Sinai in the third month since they departed from Egypt, God called Moses to the mountain Sinai, and gave him the two stone tablets of the law. And he made Moses read the law to the people of Israel. These commandments of God and the statues that they had to keep were 613 clauses. Why did God give the law to the people of Israel through Moses? The Israelites had forgotten God during over 400 years of their slavery in Egypt. They did not really know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So by giving the word of the law, God had enabled the people of Israel to recognize and know him. In other words, God gave the law so that the people of Israel would know their sins. What else did God Give just after he gave the law. He gave the sacrificial system of the tabernacle. When a sinner committed iniquities and recognized the sin before the law, he gave to first correction. He had to first bring a sacrificial animal to the tabernacle to be cleansed of the very sin. He passed his sins to this offering of sacrifice by laying his hands on its head, cut its throat to draw its blood, and then gave this blood to the priest. The priest then put his hands, correction, the priest then put this blood on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, cutting the flesh into pieces, placed the flesh on the fire on the network of bronze on the altar, and offered it as a burnt offering. God then accepted this offering in pleasure. The Bible says that God was pleased to accept such sacrifices only when they were offered according to the sacrificial system that he had given. To make them his own people, God had to first make them recognize their sins, And when they realized their sins, God gave them the sacrificial system in order for them to be washed of all their sins and become his people. The sacrificial lambs had taken and blotted out all their sins when they laid their hands on the head of the lambs and the lambs were killed in their stead. As such, When we know our sinfulness before the law, we can also receive the remission of sin by believing in the Lamb of God that has blotted out all our sins. This is the will of the Spirit of God. In this age and time, God has given us the gospel word of the water and the Spirit. Christianity must now return to the faith that believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit given by our Lord. Anyone who rejects or denies Jesus Christ without realizing him through the true gospel can be forgiven someday. But those who do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit but stands against it even as they know of Jesus, is, and he has become our Savior by taking upon the sins of mankind through his baptism and shedding his blood, are all committing the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Therefore, anyone who professes to believe in Jesus must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. To reject this gospel is to perish. Our Lord came to this earth, took upon our sins through his baptism, bore the condemnation of our sins, and has thereby blotted out our sins as white as snow, and turned us into the people of God. Now, All those who reject the gospel of the water and the spirit, even after hearing it, are standing against God. We need to realize here that all such people will forever be unable to receive the remission of their sins. If we were not to follow the gospel of the water and the spirit, but to follow miracles and signs, then this in itself would be disobedience to the will of God. God would allow all signs and miracles when we were in need of them. But they are not all of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. Many Christians wrongly think that they can correction, Many Christians wrongly think that they can feel convinced of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by experiencing extraordinary phenomena in their body. For example, having sudden fever or vibration in their bodies. However, the Holy Spirit does not work like this. Such clamorous phenomena, which have nothing to do with the remission of sin, are surely the works of Satan. The Holy Spirit works quietly according to the word in the hearts of the believers in the gospel of the water and the Spirit. My dear fellow believers, in this age and time, with the gospel power of the water and the Spirit, we are healing everyone's hearts from the illnesses of sin. Long ago, our brothers once visited a hospital to bear witness to the gospel. On the third floor, where the general ward was located, they came across a woman crying in a room. When they greeted the patients in the room, they all said to them to preach the word of the gospel. Correction. They all said to them to preach the word of God to the woman who was crying. So our brothers asked this patient, why are you crying so much? Is your heart hurt? Still, the woman kept crying. So our brothers recognized that she had been in a serious spiritual problem, that is, in a situation of demonic possession. They prayed silently for the woman patient. Dear Lord, "'Please touch this sister's heart, caress it, and heal it. "'Wipe away her tears and bring peace into her heart.'" When she became calm, the brothers asked why was she crying so much. She then told them, "'I used to cry so much at home, "'and then I was hospitalized for psychiatric treatment.'" Even after being hospitalized, I kept on crying for several days and then my doctor told me, please don't cry so much. So I told him, if only you would send me to the general ward instead of putting me in this psychiatric ward, I will stop crying. This is how I came here. Our brothers talked to her about sin, the vanities of our lives, God's merciful salvation and eternal life God bestows on us. After praying again for her, they gave her a book of sermons that contains the gospel of the water and the spirit and left the room. But when some of them returned to that hospital the next day, they saw something amazing. The woman told them that although she couldn't quite understand what the book was saying in its entirety, once she began to read it, her mind began to clear up. She said, when I read other books, I had such a bad headache. But when I read this book, I felt happy and my mind was at ease for the whole day our brothers explained to her the power of the gospel of the water and the spirit again. She came to receive the remission of all her sins by hearing and believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. After a few months of spiritual nourishment, she testified just how happy she was to be out of the hospital, how her mental illness was completely cured, and how she was now healed from her sickness that had brought her so much confusion and her co- correction and caused her to cry all night long. My dear fellow believers, in the gospel of the water and the spirit, there is the power to blot out people's sins. Whenever your minds are unease, You should also try to listen to taped sermons that preach the gospel of the water and the spirit or read the books that contain this gospel. Your minds will then calm down while you ruminate over how the Lord took upon all your sins and how he washed them all away when he came to this earth. Your minds will return correction your minds will recover tranquility and peace will return to your hearts. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes as a gift into the hearts of those who have received the remission of their sins. It is written in Acts two. Correction. It is written in Acts second chapter verse thirty eight. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, you have to know that the Holy Spirit is the gift that comes into the hearts of those who have received the remission of their sins. If, in contrast, you believe that the Holy Spirit would descend on you just through your prayer, or fasting, then you are only following a complete futile faith. If you really understand the gospel word of the water and the spirit and believe in it properly, you will receive the remission of your sins at the same moment you believe in it. You will be given a new faith in this truth experience, correction, you will be given a new faith in this truth, experience the transformation of your heart automatically, and your acts and deeds of preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit will also follow in due course. If we instead try to be good with our acts without even understanding the gospel word of the water and the spirit it becomes even more difficult for us to achieve this. You may think that it is somehow good for you to just attend church and give as much tithes as possible, even if this requires you to go into debt. But this can bring no benefit whatsoever to your souls, for this is not what the true faith really is. Those who do not know the gospel word of the water and the spirit have sin in their hearts. They have no idea how to solve the problem of their sins. So they cry before God, give their prayers of repentance, fast, practice acts of penance, or try to do good deeds on their own. Deceptive, fraudulent pastors say to them that they should pray to God for their sins, and they keep insisting them to have blind faith in His unconditional forgiveness. But, frankly speaking, all these are to compensate the guilty sense in their hearts. But without explaining the gospel word of the water and the spirit, how could anyone be freed from his sins? True pastors are always preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit. Correction. But without explaining the gospel word of the water and the spirit, how could anyone be freed from his sins? True pastors are always preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit so that their congregation may have strong faith in the gospel truth. Once they come to believe in the true gospel, every spiritual question is then resolved on its own, and then the believers come to receive correction and then the believers come to serve God and to thank him. My fellow Christians, do you know what is truly behind speaking in false tongues? The false prophets actually train those who do not speak in tongues as if one can somehow learn to speak in tongues. They teach their followers how to move around their tongues insisting that they keep trying time after time to utter hallelujah time after time. Once people continue to do this, their tongues eventually get all tied up and they are no longer able to pronounce properly. Based on such mispronunciation, the false pastors then claim that their trainees have now received the gift of speaking in tongues. But this is nothing more than a lie. Anyone who had imitated to pray in tongues knows very well that it was all a lie and that it was not a result of the Holy Spirit working. He knows that it was but an artificial product of his own self-deception where he in fact only pretended to speak in tongues. Is this the work of the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit is, by definition, holy, how could he come into a sinful heart? When our Lord came to this earth, did he fail to blot out all our sins by being baptized and shedding his blood? He indeed blotted out all our sins, and yet many people, even as they have the word of the Bible right in front of them, Neither know the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, nor believe in it. This is why they are still lost in their sins. Many Christians do something really off the wall and deceive others and themselves. But you must know the word clearly, be freed from such liars, and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. No one must commit the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit before God. This sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the sin of not believing in the gospel of the water and the Spirit, even after hearing it. It is also the same sin to reject and disturb those who are preaching the truth that our Lord gave to this earth and has concretely blotted out all the sins of everyone of the entire mankind in this world by being baptized, shedding his blood, and rising from the dead again. None other such acts are what constitutes the act of standing against God, and all such people will never be remitted from their sins. For by not believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, they have disobeyed the Holy Spirit. So we must never, ever stand against the gospel of the water and the spirit. Now, many people throughout the world know the gospel of the water and the spirit, believe in it, and are following the Holy Spirit properly. Many of them have come to join us as the volunteer co-workers for this beautiful gospel. They are fully aware just how they had been deceived by liars and are determined to never be deceived again. But for many of them, God's church cannot be found in the vicinity of their residence and as a result, they don't know what to do. Now it is time for you who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit to gather together and to worship God together. God will then surely lead you all. Be of good cheer. We will supply you the bread of life incessantly. This is why I started to write the spiritual growth series recently. First of all, I would like to explain to all of you throughout the world what exactly each and every chapter of the Gospel of Matthew is saying to us. I will keep on with this precious task by writing sermon books on each and every book of the Bible, and I want to have our books that hold the Gospel of the Water and the Spirit translated into all the languages of the world to share them with everyone throughout this whole world, and to nurture all believers. This is not something that I alone can do all by myself, but it is something that we must all do together with our partners. To those who still do not know the gospel of the water and the spirit, we must be like the watchmen who blow the horn. What do you think the true watchman did before God? The prophet Isaiah said, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. Isaiah 2nd chapter verse 2. It shall come to pass that many people would come to know the gospel of the water and the spirit, realize that this gospel is the real truth. They will return to God, leap like a deer from thanksgiving, preach the gospel of the water and the spirit with their lips from joy, serve the Lord in happiness and praise him from their overflowing gratefulness. If the Lord says that this is what will come to pass in the last days, then this will indeed come true without any doubt. And God is now working through us to bring these things to happen. The Lord said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Here, the truth is none other Than the gospel of the water and the spirit. That is the gospel of our salvation. Ephesians 1 chapter, verse 13. Living a life of faith without even knowing what the gospel, truth of the water and the spirit is saying is not living the true life of faith. If one devotes oneself to the religion called Christianity, Without even knowing the gospel of the water and the spirit, he is committing adultery unwittingly. Correction, he is committing idolatry unwittingly. Throughout the world, there are many partners of our mission who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. I give my thanks to God for teaching us the truth of the gospel of the water and the Spirit. We must all thank our Lord for enabling us not to commit the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, for allowing us to believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit, and for forever saving us from all our sins. Hallelujah!